What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. We can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits, conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. to the future but embrace our past we study we analyze we race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday we exercise trial and error religiously through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection. We learn. How to make products for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
here from Grundahl. Teasley turns that five sideways. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallo Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Brand, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Fly Racing and FMF. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got a very special guest. Goes by the name of Hunter Patterson. Hunter, how's it going? Oh, it's going great, man. Just making it through, getting prepped for A2. How about you? Hey, not doing bad whatsoever. I'm in SoCal. It's a beautiful day. The sun is out. There's no bad days down here uh, as far as a Canadian is concerned. So uh, uh, I'm having a good time, man. I I can't complain. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying SoCal. Uh, Me being from the South, it's a little bit different culture. So, uh, (laughs) you know, we're making it work. Yes. Fair enough. Before we get into uh, your your the the location of your origins, what uh, who who is Hunter Patterson? What do you do, my friend? I am a mechanic for Dakota Tedder, uh, for the Team Tedder KTM Monster Energy team. You know, we're not full factory, but we're not completely privateer either. So we're just you know I'm just turning wrenches and trying to keep the show going. There you go, my friend. So where where did uh, where do you get your uh, uh, aptitude for working on bikes? Where did that start for you, and uh, and and where would you like to take it? Well, you know, I, I grew up. I got my first dirt bike when I was like three years old. A TTR ninety. It was way too big for me, but we made it work. And nice. uh, you know, and I'd always had a love for for how things work and, and like mechanical. And I, you know, I wanted to race, but. I didn't possess the talent that these guys at this level have. There would have been no way. So I had to be realistic with my thing, and I loved the sport. So I found a way to get into it, and also being mechanically inclined, it, it definitely helped kind of get my foot in the door with all of this. And hopefully one day the goal is to be, you know, full factory with one of the big teams being the big guy working for the, the guy making winning championships, you know. That's all we want to do. Well, uh, you've definitely taken a step forward this year with uh, with Dakota making both mains so far, and obviously hoping to make that uh, another three this weekend with uh, the new format that we're going to have coming up. But uh, you got to be uh, kind of stoked with the seeing uh, the progression of Dakota in his work, uh, switching to uh, the KTM and uh, and doing pretty well so far this year. Oh, absolutely. See, I wasn't. I was hired on right after the transfer from Kawasaki to KTM. That's when I started with. Tedder. and just the progression of okay. me being here like from like october to now is unreal you know and like judging by his older results and stuff like that when you go back to back making two mains you know you can't really complain about it at all we're definitely making progress 
For sure. Sometimes just uh, a little extra something to shake uh, things up as well as uh, uh, maybe maybe not a more capable motorcycle, but a more suitable motorcycle for somebody uh, can breathe some fresh air into a program that uh, that he's been at for quite some time. And uh, yeah, it's it's been pretty obvious that uh, things are moving in the right direction. Oh, I can agree totally. It's uh the the bike is just more his style. It's it's more his riding like abilities. It's just it fits him so much better. And you can tell like his confidence on the bike and especially as, you know, making mains and stuff like that. Like he you can definitely tell the more we progress, I mean it's just who knows, man. We up to, we're searching for a few top tens this year, that's for sure. No doubt, it's set, setting the goals where they need to be, my friend. Um, so, like, tell me a little bit about your progression working on bikes. Obviously, uh, you said you're uh, mechanically inclined, but uh, there's there's a little bit of a learning curve when it comes to uh, the tricks of the trade and, and working on these high level motorcycles. Uh, who are some of the people that kind of helped you along the way, and uh, and what are some of the tricks that you've learned uh, as you're uh, learning in your progression? Well. I uh, I actually got my start with uh, a guy named Scott Atkins. He was a mechanic for Jeremy Martin and Christophe Purcell. Um, he actually has like a trade school in West Virginia, Pro SXMX Tech. And uh, I, I went to school with him. And the guy, I mean, it was phenomenal what, what I learned. Like from what I thought I knew going in to what I knew leaving was tremendous. And it, it really kind of got my foot into the door. I got to meet the right people. And, you know, I, I started out with an amateur rider that, uh, you know, and that, that was just kind of my takeoff point when I started with a kid named Gordon Keller in a, at the goat farm down in Tallahassee, Florida. So, uh, and then after that, it's just kind of... That's a cool place to oh, start. I was not mad about it whatsoever, you know, and you... Even at that, though, being very as green as I was in the industry and stuff like that, you know, the first person you meet on the job is RC. You know, that that kind of throws you a curveball already. Like, you, very intimidating. So, but, you know, after a while, like, you know, you just kind of get in the groove of what you're doing and, and you learn, like, you can learn so much from somebody, but you can, what, where you really learn a lot is from experience, from being out in the on the track and something breaking or something messing up and you're like oh my gosh your brain just starts to click and what what can i do to fix this what's the fastest way and what's the best way so a lot of the things you know scott definitely gave me enough to like know what i'm doing out here but nothing teaches you better than experience nothing for sure, there's no uh, there's no replacement for time on the job. You currently have uh, quite a bit of that and making some waves. Um, once landing with uh, with Team Tedder, those guys are, are have amazing backing. They have great funding, and uh, and that's kind of a little bit of a peace of mind for you to know that uh, as a as a uh, quote unquote privateer mechanic that uh, you you have the resources you need to do the job. Right, absolutely. Like if there's anything I need, I, I run it by Matt. And it's just like, hey, Matt, I need this. We need to make a parts order. It's either from sponsors or, you know, if we got to pay out of pocket. And I just run it by him, and if I need it, I get it. It's pretty much like that. So that's a huge thing for me that I'm not, like, stressing to kind of, like, cheat my way through something to, like, hold stuff together and just kind of rig stuff up. You know, it's like I can fix stuff, fix it right, and be done with it. 
So that that's a that is a huge like relief off my shoulders compared to some of the things that I have done before. Well, there you go. And uh, so, like, uh, you'd know that motorcycle better than most. What are some of the most uh, kind of trick parts or uh, one of the, some of the, the coolest features of Dakota's bike right now? Because uh, from my understanding, he's got some really cool parts on there. Oh, I mean, like like running the WP suspension, the 52 mil forks, that is a huge thing. You know, WP, they, they've got these European bikes figured out. And with these... The big cone valve forks, like, they're, they're just phenomenal. And, you know, on, on the KTMs, everything's set up so much differently than uh, than any other bike. And I really got my first bit of experience with it uh, in Canada doing the Canadian Pro Nationals with Kate Clayson for the Redemption okay. KTM team. So that's where I kind of got to really start learning a lot about these KTMs. And it's just their design, you know, running with a steel frame still, it's, you would think it would be heavier and it turns out to be lighter and it's just they're they just the ktms in the past few years and it, it's insane to me absolutely and you guys got uh i believe wusa doing the wheels yeah. and uh, a ton of other crick trick parts on there um interesting that that you'd mentioned to me uh on on friday that uh the pipe on uh on dakota's bike is actually a spec pipe from last year's uh jason anderson stock which is i think is kind of cool the fact that uh obviously now they have their factory edition a little bit different but uh kind of drawings for some some pretty cool uh um spaces to get some uh some extra performance out of that ktm absolutely you know and it, that's kind of like where they were the guinea pigs of the thing where they they got to run that through a whole season and see how that developed and you know and in a way riders kind of have like similar riding styles they like power delivery in different places they like this to be more or less you know than other riders and stuff like that so when we found this pipe we tried multiple different ones and this spec that we were running now is just it's the best way to go for dakota it's just it fits him perfectly and you know they're they're killing it over there at FMF. That's for sure. For sure. So uh, um, when it comes to bolting one of these bikes together, uh, one's got to ask that uh, uh, once you get to the level that you're at right now, um, is it just uh, kind of go at it uh, at the to your best of your ability, or do you bring in somebody that uh, like when you're first doing it, that kind of can kind of guide you a little bit, uh, someone who who maybe would know for a long period of time? Well, and see, that's where I had to go. Like the first time I built Dakota's race bike, I went to KTM and built my bike with Carlos, which that alone was a huge milestone in my career and what I do. So. So, yeah, when I got him to, like, kind of show me different things and pointers, you know, because of the experience that he's had, you know, and he's kind of, like, showing me, hey, we do this different, like, do this, like, this, route this in a different way, you know, to make everything look nicer, better, and more reliable and, like, to get you all the way through the main event with no DNF. Well, so what, what were some of the things that he had showed you? Like, where what what do you route differently on good Dakota's bike than how maybe come stock? Or uh, what were some of the things that kind of blew your wig back as, as far as, like, the professionalism of a guy like that who uh, he's been basically working on, for the lack of a better word, uh, factory machines for uh, almost 18, 19 years? Right, and, you know, it's just like, it's, it's little things. Like, it's the smallest things that you would never pay attention to as, as like, a mechanic for me who... I have a few years in the industry, 
you look at something and you're like, okay, it needs to maybe go like this. Like we've got frames that have different tabs and the way like our smoothing condenser tab on, on our KTM, on the extra frame that I swapped to on our race frame, you couldn't put the smoothing condenser on because of the way it mounted, it would hit the engine. So I had to reroute a whole thing around the tab and made a tab to fit on the throttle body instead of sitting on the actual frame. That that was that was one of those that just kind of blew my mind when when I seen him like, oh well, let's try this, and he goes over and makes a tab, and it, it's just phenomenal. And I'm like, I would have never thought of that. And see, that's something that that I personally got to learn from experience from somebody else who has done this for so long. And that just stuff like that is so cool to me. Yeah, no, I I think it's cool to a lot of people who would even just like want to take that take that uh, um, the time to learn that sort of stuff. Um, do you feel like uh, this has been like uh, like as far as like talking to other uh, professionals and kind of like feeling out what 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 they do? Do you feel like it's kind of like a welcome environment, or like people are willing to teach you, or is it something that you kind of have to pull out of them a little bit? Because from from my kind of my experience, it seems like most uh, a lot of mechanics or a lot of industry people are kind of uh, they're a little bit protective of their secrets, so to speak. Oh, that's a definite. You know, like it, it's it's really hard to pry information out of a lot of these people just because you know they they have the best. They want to make sure that they keep the best and like they don't give information that you know they don't want competition to have so a lot of it is like from a mechanic standpoint a lot of it is like personality and how well you can like you know carry conversation with somebody i mean it can start as simple as like hey how are you doing and people can like kind of feed off you of like hey i i I will trust this guy like uh he seems like a personable person you know uh let me yes. show him his way, like, and this, that, and the other, you know, and then there's some people who come in there, like, who think they know it all, who don't really have a clue, and then nobody wants to give them the time of day. So, you know, personality, you know, having respect for the people, and and that's a big thing, and, like, you know, giving them, like, letting them know that you're, like, genuinely interested in, like, what they have to do, what they're showing you, like, learn like that you're willing to learn and things like that and give the time and stuff like that like big people see that you know that that's the reason why they got to where they're at is because they put in the time they put in the effort they stayed up late nights thinking well what can i do different you know so so if they know if they can kind of see that you're willing to do that you know that it's definitely easier i won't say it makes it perfect and they'll just say anything that you want to hear or whatever no that like they're still very protective but you kind of got to get your foot in and take baby steps. You know what I mean? Hey, everyone. Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. Flyracing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like zipper lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at flyracing.com. In motorsports, the action pulls us in, and often we never get close enough to the exhilaration and athletes that amaze us. Although trackside seats are available, nothing gets you closer to motocross and supercross action than the collective experience. Dave Drake's has created 
an exclusive opportunity to get you closer to the sport you love so much. If you want an all-access experience with Adam or Tyler at Dicknap, Henry Miller, John Ames, or even the cat, AJ Catanzaro, you need to check out the collective experience today. The Collective XP.com, as well as the Collective EX on Instagram, is where you can find the Collective Experience. Do so immediately. The Collective Experience. Nobody gets you closer. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, Big MX listeners, it's time for another commercial break. Please listen carefully to these, and we'll be right back to the show. Thanks. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing products. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to dubyausa.com today. WUSA. All things wheels. Hey, Big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying it. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. TractionMX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it. These guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one-of-a-kind. The reason why they're one-of-a-kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick the everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you could have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to TractionMX.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. 
going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market, from supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between. Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses, clear lenses, 10-packet tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral Brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the Viral Brand. Absolutely. No, it, I respect goes a long way within the motocross industry. And I think you'd agree that, uh, and I think it's, it's, it's a bit of a, uh, um, it's, it's just part of the industry. It's, it's very difficult to get in. And, uh, and once you're in, uh, it, it's, it's much easier to make those relationships. Um, but it, it's, it's not easy for anybody. And I feel like when you speak to people who are in it, um, and if they're, they're kind of, you're on your way up and they're already established, a lot of them are, are more than willing and ready to kind of watch you, um, not struggle, so to speak, but they're, they're, they want to see that you're willing to put in the work and, uh, and have the respect for the process that they had to take care of themselves. So I think that the like um, there's there's definitely a bit of a uh, um, not maybe a higher hierarchy, but a uh, um, just a uh, almost an apprenticeship within the sport of motocross to get into that uh, uh, that industry, the community, and uh, establish yourself as somebody who uh, commands respect. That's it, you know. And and people see, you know, worth ethic is a huge thing, like especially in this sport because. We don't do it for the money. I'm going to be completely honest. We are not in this sport because we're trying to make a million dollars. That's not what we're here for. We're here because we love it. And and for me, I like. I am genuinely interested in what's going on, how things work, like what can make my life easier, what can make Dakota's life easier, what what can just make everything flow better. And when people kind of feel like you know, you, you, your vibe attracts your tribe, and I'll say that. And like, you know, somebody who thinks they know it all and they're just, they're stuck in their ways and, and closed minded on how things work and how they need to go and things like that. Like nobody's going to give you the time of day. Nobody will put any effort into you. But if people see that you're willing to listen and, and like actually do what they're like, if they offer you advice on something small, even if it's just like, oh, well, instead of torquing this bolt to 12 foot pounds, how about you do 14 just because it, it makes it a little bit stiffer or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to be ready to like listen to do stuff like that and like, you know, put that to the test and find out and then, you know, give feedback in situations like that. Like, Oh, well we tried that and this is what happened. And then you can kind of go like that. So it's it really being like, you have to be a social person in this industry. Like you have to be able to Definitely. carry conversation, even, even if it's just, small talk or very in-depth conversation so and a lot, a lot of people i have noticed in this industry are like very self-kept you know a lot of people don't talk a lot things like that so those people like yeah i'm sure that they are great at what they do i know a few people that are just fantastic at what they do but me i, I love learning new things i love to learn something that i can do better i love to like if i make a mistake i love to like take that in and be like okay now i'll pay 
three times the attention of that that I didn't before. So it's just it's it, there's so many factors into everything in this industry that it's, it's crazy. Absolutely. And so, how how old are you, my friend? I'm 22. 22 years young. Uh, that's very young as far as where you're already at. I'm sure the the trajectory you're currently on, you'll be uh, you'll land somewhere on a on a factory team uh, in in not a moment's notice. But uh, uh, once you're in, when you're in the privateer pits, you're kind of hiding in the back a little bit. Um, it, it takes a special person to go check all that stuff out and go to the the back of the pits. Um, once those once those uh, diehard fans get there, what are some of the questions that you get from fans that want to know? about the motorcycle uh, or, or, or some of the, uh, the more egregious things when people are asking for pieces off of the bike that you haven't even finished racing with yet? Man, it, the questions, they vary from does it have an electric start to, you know, what compression <laughs> ratio is the piston at? Like, it, it, I like it. So many wonky questions all the time, and then I get some that are very in depth with people who know, like, like kind of have a general idea. And still, it's it's just, I mean, let's see. I'm trying to think of a very recent experience. Uh, I had a guy ask me if it was a four stroke the other day, so that was one of the the funnier ones. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. sir. Yes, sir, it is. <laughs> so that was, you know, that kind of made me laugh, but I still had to kind of hold my composure and be like, no, sir, it's a two stroke and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but, you know, it, you never know, like with the privateer pit, you can get the most professional people or you can get the just wildest, like, what are you doing here kind of people. You never know yep. what's going to no, come No, it's up. a mixed bag. You I never think know. The privateers are just about as diverse as the fans who, lo- who love them. Is that safe to say? Oh, easily, without a doubt. Without yeah, a doubt. No. You get some pretty interesting characters racing in the privateers. You get some pretty interesting characters following them. Uh, and yeah, right. for those who don't know, you do ride a, uh, or you do work on a 450. It's a four-stroke, uh, and it does have an electric start. Uh, but, uh, like, so, like, when it comes to uh, like tuning in the motorcycle, uh, applying those that, the, that amazing titanium bolt kit that maybe you're, you have the the access to, um, like, what, what's the process in kind of dialing that in for Dakota? Like obviously, uh, steel and, and titanium flex differently. Has there ever been a time where uh, he finds it's a little bit too harsh in a certain area, and you guys go back to a steel bolt or uh, some some steel hardware to kind of add a little bit of flexibility into uh, the chassis of the motorcycle? because uh, uh, Lord knows uh, a, a full titanium kit can make a bike uh, not only a little bit lighter, but a whole lot stiffer. Oh, absolutely. Like, see, we, I, when I built my race bike, I did full tie everything. And we started off, that's our baseline. This is what we're going to work with. And from the progression of just trial and error and changing things and doing things here and there, we now run a steel rear axle, Steel linkage bolts with titanium nuts and steel shock bolts. There you go. Because it, it does give them, like, it, it gives it a little bit more flex, and it's not as, like, rigid feeling. And, you know, that that's a big thing is just make, making sure the rider is 100% comfortable on that bike. That's that's the goal. So if we got to change, I mean, if it's sprocket bolts, if it's, I mean, anything can make a huge difference. Like, front axles, like, you wouldn't think a tie axle from a steel axle, like, yeah, the weight difference is something, but you would be surprised how it affects cornering on, on a front axle from a steel axle to a tie axle. Like, it, it's 
so in depth of small stuff that you would never even like cross your mind to somebody who doesn't have the knowledge in this like nothing like that would ever cross your mind but actually being in the industry and like learning about this and just seeing how the riders react how the bike reacts like it, it's it's crazy it really is insane so we know that, uh, and that, that's really interesting. I'm glad that you were able to share that with me. Uh, we know that Dakota Tedder is uh, seven foot one tall. He's a tall guy. Um, what are some <laughs> of the things that he is uh, most kind of uh, picky about as far as setting up a motorcycle? Because um, riders are picky even if they're regular, like, a, like an average height. Uh, I, I can only imagine once you get to the extremes of short and tall that uh, guys become more picky. Oh, definitely. Like, uh, you know, we, we definitely did a lot of testing, especially from the transition. So we, we did a lot of testing in late November, early December, trying to get it dialed. And, you know, we went from, I was in here sawing seat foam on the, to try to cut it down off a tall seat that we had ordered because we wanted to try to tall seat from his long legs. Saw that it was too tall, but the stock seat felt too short. So I was in here at one o'clock in the morning filing down on seats, trying to get the right contour and just making it perfect for him only to go back to a stock seat. That's what we like. And like, uh, our foot pegs, we run minus five mil foot pegs, but to set a little bit lower for him. So, yeah, and my, you know, five mils is actually quite a bit. That's almost, uh, like, like, like bold statement here. It's a half a centimeter, but, uh, it's, uh, it's Yeah. Absolutely, like mil- millimeters in in this industry, that's inches or feet. To be honest, like that's yeah. what I figured out. One mil is is a is a mile. Sometimes, does he uh, does he set the the pegs back at all as far as uh, his stance on the motorcycle, or is it just the is it just the lo- lower down? It's just a lower down foot peg. He didn't want the he didn't want them set back too much more than what they were. He was comfortable where his feet positions were. But he just wanted a little bit lower for his height, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to have your knees above the seats. Right. And, uh, uh, yeah, like that, 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 that half a centimeter can definitely help. Um, as far as his feedback when he comes in uh, and knowing oh, what to adjust on the motorcycle, is, he pretty, uh, is, is Dakota pretty good about that sort of stuff? Or do you kind of have to um, decipher his own language and how he uh, uh, breaks down the bike? No, I mean he definitely he's he's very vocal if something's not right. Like you you know it. Like and and I'm glad because that's what I need to know. I need feedback. But sometimes you know, like I can make an adjustment and he he can't tell the difference. And you know, and that's part of it where I have to like kind of come in and ask questions. Be like, hey, we we changed your suspension one click yeah. or two clicks uh, stiffer in the front. So you know, and you didn't notice the difference. So, you know, go out there and ride it again and pay attention, like really focus on just that. So you can like actually come back and give me feedback, you know, like, cause it's hard when a rider's out there, he's blitzing whoops, he's hitting huge triples and you know, his mind's not always consistently going to be like, Oh, how's my suspension reacting? How is this doing? You know? So sometimes you have to put a reminder in their head of like, Hey, go out there and focus on this. Even if it's for, three turns in a in a section like just see how that reacts different from what we started with you know so it's a little stuff 
mm. for sure. Like you, you probably have to go up to Dakota and be like, "Hey, Dakota, you've been riding a two-stroke all day, and you haven't noticed at all that it's a two-stroke uh, <laughs> KTM." And I know you enjoy riding it, but uh, is, should we go back to the four-strokes now? Uh, are you okay with that? Uh, no, I'm sure it just means like a uh, like a um, either a torque spec, like you said, a couple of clicks. And honestly, I don't think I can feel two clicks. Uh, uh, like unless I really, really had to try it and feel that. But um, right, it's good. It's good to hear that he's be- like uh, he's able to give you that feedback when he's looking for it. I think you're totally right. When you're when you're unaware, like you could go on and on a bike, and the the bike the bars are bent, but you start to you know, like after a couple of laps, they don't feel bent anymore, and that's a big change. Right. It's- exactly you just get the feel for how it works and you just go with it you know so that's where you have to like kind of plant that bug in his head and let him be conscious of like what what changes we made and like you know put just that little bit of extra attention into that that way we can get everything 100 percent well there you go now uh so who uh how bent up was uh the race bike when it came back from the lcq what needed to happen for that that thing to be uh all systems go for the main event which uh i think was only about 45 minutes later well it was definitely a, a little bit of a chaos situation for a second but to be honest for what tv like if you watch the video of the crash of slow-mo on tv you, i mean he looks like he took it bigger but the only thing that was he came back to the pits, and we. I started looking at the bike. I, I wasn't even 100% sure if the bars were bent. I think it was just in my mind that they were. And so I just replaced uh, the clutch lever was bent, and I just replaced the clutch lever and the bars, and that was it. And we were headed back out to the track. That's not bad. That is not bad I, as far as a fire drill goes. Right. That's what I'm saying. I've been in situations where I've had to replace, like, front forks and axles and pull shots and it just being a mess you know and only have half the time especially in amateur stuff that stuff is that stuff is gnarly <laughs> what are some what are some of the uh, more gnarly stories that you that you're speaking of oh like i had a uh, I remember it was the first practice at loretta lens in 20 when was it 2015 or 2016, I'm not 100% sure. Um, okay. But, no, he was out on his first practice, and he was uh, coming back in, and his whole leg is covered with oil. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what happened? Like, here we go. So the first things first, you check all your, like, grain plugs, things like this, and nothing, everything's fine. So that's when I start to panic. I'm like, what is it? Well, the valve cover gasket had slipped up just a little bit because it wasn't breathing there's a washer behind a idler gear that kick comes from your kickstarter to go to like your uh clutch gear your primary yeah and so what had happened was the washer was not behind there on the engine build and it wasn't allowing the oil to like breathe and you know like relieve pressure so it continuously started building up pressure and it blew the side of the uh valve cover gasket out and just was blowing oil everywhere so i had to you know pull the uh, whole clutch cover off and stuff like that put the washer in try that and hope that was it put a new valve cover gasket back in only and he had to be back up in another class and like two more races so this was a mess (laughs) i was panicking and this was like one of the first fire drills i'd ever been in so you know 
kind of a young guy, still decently green in the industry. Like it, it threw me a curveball, but we got it fixed. We got him on the track, so that's more experience under my belt, you know. So I'm not mad about it whatsoever. 2015, you're uh, 18, 19 years old at that time, uh, Houston. Yeah, definitely. I was. Yeah, I was a young guy. Just, just you are still a young guy. I'm, th- I'm 29 years old. I'm, I'm, you're making me feel old here, man. Uh, you obviously grew up uh, racing yourself. Uh, yes, no. Yes, I did. I wasn't very good. I was like your average B rider, but nothing to write home about by any means. Fair enough. Well, I, I, I too am an average B rider, so maybe at some point uh, while I'm down here, uh, I can let you gra- throw a leg over my KTM 252 stroke, and uh, we can get some throttle therapy before uh, before I head down uh, back to Canada, where it is mighty cold right now. I would be so down for that. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I'm all about some two strokes. That's for sure. Definitely. So, um, Hunter. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, my friend. Um, I, uh, I, I really appreciate you giving me some time. Uh, I, I'd love for you to tell us kind of uh, a little bit of uh, what your goals are for 2018 uh, and moving forward. I know you'd mentioned that you eventually want to be on a, on a factory team, but uh, how do you plan on achieving that? How do you plan on uh, putting yourself in the right position to, uh, to get a job like that? Well, my biggest thing is I have to pay attention to detail. That is the biggest thing that I can tell anybody that wants to be a mechanic, that is a mechanic, that is trying to be at that next level. It's the smallest things that will ruin your day, or it's the smallest things that will make your day. So paying attention to detail is the biggest part of my job. And, you know, for this year, this year my goal is to get Ted's on the box. You know, that's, that's where we're at. My goal is to keep my bikes 110% every time he goes to the line, knowing that he has full confidence in me and my bike. That's my goal for 2017. I mean, 2018. 2018. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate you giving me the time. I, I look forward to seeing you guys out at, uh, on the track that you guys ride out at Elsnore in the next co- coming days, and then uh, and maybe we can uh, I can pull you pull you over to do some uh, some riding at maybe Paris or uh, uh, Milestone in the in the evenings. Probably like a, a Wednesday evening ride would be good. Hey, you got my number. Just let me know. Perfect, man. Well, I think I got, an, I, I'm sure you got a few sets of gear, but if you don't, I definitely can, uh, can outfoot you head to toe. Um, oh, man. <laughs> absolutely. It, it's, it's been a pleasure to have you on, my friend. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. All right.